know what you're thinking. Is this the booth drafting the circuits? Three-way theater or the Kevin Jackson show? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kinda lost track myself here on Hoobazoo.com. So, do you feel lucky, punk? Oscar Mike Radio. Come in. Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Sister the one. This is Oscar Mike. I have you, Lima Charlie, over. Da, 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 from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, we will fight our country's battles in the air, on land, or sea. First to fight for right and freedom, and to keep our Alright folks, good evening. It's Travis, aka P-Dog, on Oscar Mike Radio. Today is Thursday, February 1st, and I've got a special guest tonight. Joining me is Marine veteran um, John Hallworth. Is that how you say that, John? That is exactly how you say it. It looks harder than it is, Travis. Well, I, I, I so this Marine can read. He is the uh, <laughs> communications director for the veterans organization AMVETS. And for my listeners, I had AMVETS people on from Louisville, Kentucky, out of Post 61. Big salute to you all out there in Louisville listening right now. And uh, Shout out to Louisville. Absolutely. Absolutely. John is uh, good enough to, to come on and talk to me about uh, the, the AMVETS recent uh, foray into the news around... Uh, their, their communication with the NFL. And we're going to talk about that, John, but I, I kind of want to get some background and about you and, and your military experience and then what AMVETS does and, and just see how it all got to this point because... Oh, uh, I see. I see, Travis. You want to start at the beginning. Bold well, strategy. Of, well, you know, it's, 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 it's effective. It's safe. And it's 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 more than just hey, what's your favorite color or you know? Right, I know. Or, or, totally. uh, hey, are you have are you having a beer right now? Are, are you having a beer? If you want, uh, yes, I am. Okay, if you yes, if, I am. No, this problem. has been one of the few days this week that I got back to my house before eight p.m. And um, not gonna lie to you, I cracked a beer. Well, I mean, at Marine to Marine, I don't partake myself, but as a as a as a guy who, you know, took many drunk Marines home, you know, have one for me is all I'm going to say. So, <laughs> you have were, you ever had the Provost Marshal's office take you home? No, I haven't, and and I can say that I never let any of my other Marines get taken by the PMO home. So my record is perfect. It's clean. Sounds clean. They Good were, work. They were very appreciative of that fact, but uh, that that that's that's true uh, game there. Did, did you have that experience? One time in Kintown in Okinawa, one time. All right, so when I <laughs> tell me about that. No, you want to talk about it? I'll talk about it. All right. So Kintown had these amazing tacos. Now, as a Californian, 
I'm not trying to say they are equal to like legit tacos, but you could get them out in Kintown. They were their own thing. They were delicious. You know, at least on one occasion in Okinawa, some friends of mine and I went out into Kintown, had some drinks, had some tacos, tried to walk back into base, and were clearly, obviously, visibly drunk. <laughs> Judge me if you want, but like, if I'm the only Marine who has ever been in this position. <laughs> you, were, you were trying not to go AWOL. That's how I look at it. They didn't look at it that way? We were going back home. It, look, it was a foray. It was a foray into Kintown for tacos. It's like we were getting drunk in the barracks, and then tacos immediately sounded like a great idea. And then we went out into Kintown, had a few more beers, got the tacos that we needed, and then wanted to go back to the barracks. Are you with me? Sounds like a good plan already. It sounded like an amazing plan. Yeah. Right? But then at the at the gate, we were we were obviously drunk. And so uh, the MPs of the gate, with their keen powers of detection, <laughs> God, I hate MPs. Notice this. <clears throat> Can't spell wimp without an MP. Oh! Oh! I know, Don. Look, any MPs listening, I'm so sorry. That's he, I heard that I, in a I, cadence. And I can tell like, you, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sorry. Where's your where, where's your where's your road guard vest for your motorcycle, Marine? Oh, now that yeah. <laughs> so they 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 noticed that they they, but, they they noticed that they that you were incapacitated in some respects. Oh, I maybe have not have articulated this correctly. I'm talking about a group of nine Marines, all of us <laughs> drunk. Oh, so a herd. It's a herd. Yeah, it's like it's it's a full. It's a full troop movement, you know, and stumbling, right? <laughs> so we're all drunk. So why did they just let you but walk we're home? we're not driving. Right. You're not what? driving. So what's the, what's the problem? There was no problem, actually. They looked at us. They grilled us. They laughed at us. And they took us, uh, they gave us a ride back to the barracks. Wow, and and no, no page 11, no chewing out from the gunny? Or None of that. We weren't hurting anybody. We were just eating tacos and then being obviously drunk. Well, they gave us a ride. Awesome. Uh, good for them. Good for them. So you... Yeah, I know. I mean, I guess the story should have ended better. I didn't think about that in advance. Yeah, but still, I mean, you didn't get arrested. You didn't, you didn't, you know, stampede into some place in Okinawa and have uh, them come get you and take you home that way. I don't even know if we'd be talking right now if something like that had happened. Uh, probably not, man. I never was over there, but from what I understand, I'm, they've really cracked down on anything that's remotely bad, right? Uh, hey, you know the the quickest may the quickest way to make corporal in the Marine Corps is to go to Okinawa as a sergeant. <laughs> I didn't know that. Makes sense. You haven't heard that one? No, I haven't heard that one. The only thing I heard about Okinawa was you go over there and they tell me that you either become a PT god, you go into like some kind of Eastern religion, 
or you, you become like this nature guy because of the diving. Uh, it's it's or, or you or you slowly lose your mind and, and through and and deal with it through uh, drinking and other things. That's the one thing I know about Okinawa. I don't mean to totally derail your podcast. Let's do it. We got a lot of really cool, interesting things to discuss. Oh, this is fun. That are of national relevance. So this is going to be a really cool podcast. But first, did you ever go to the Globe and Anchor in Camp Butler to like the hook and jab? Were you ever in Okinawa? I was never in Okinawa. Hey, let me give you uh, let me give you a quick story though. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is your time. Let's have fun, and we're having All right, fun. Check this out. Check this out. Kadena Air Base on Okinawa is the Air Force Base. Right, like, right. When I was there, they didn't let it, they didn't let any Marines into their enlisted club. <laughs> oh boy. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, once bitten, twice shy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was with I was with the Marine Expeditionary Unit when I was on Okinawa, and we floated all around, you know, Southeast Asia and Australia and whatnot. I actually lost my ID card when I was on float in the USS Essex, and I had to get a new one. And the only one the Navy could give me while we were afloat on ship was one that said United States Navy. So I had an ID card that said Corporal E4 United States Navy with the Navy seal on it. It's the only one they could give me, right? So uh, so I was the only Marine that could get into the E-Club on Okinawa, uh, the Air Force E-Club, right? Because they wouldn't let Marines in, but my ID said Navy. And nobody ever noticed that it said Corporal, you know. I was the only Corporal in the Navy. <laughs> So what was what was the Air Force E Club like? It was amazing. <laughs> the, you know what? That's it's not a children's story. It's not for all people. So, but I'll just tell you that it was um, when you're the only Marine in the Air Force E Club, life is good, baby. All right, all right. You don't have to draw a map. So uh, all good. Um, so so you went in the Marine Corps. Now now. You joined uh, West Coast, right? Um, you said earlier. What did you do in the Marine Corps? I was a public affairs officer in the Marine Corps. So, wait a minute. I wasn't a public affairs officer. That's a lie. Um, it's an unintentional lie, but it's a lie. I was an enlisted Marine in the public affairs field. So, you were like, you had to get the, 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 the jokes about uh, Private Joker from Full Metal Jacket. Who was oh, also- my God. Okay, so now you're making me tell another story, but this is going to be really cool. So I'm in the middle of the Pacific Ocean on the United States, the USS Essex. I've been getting these jokes since I got depth in. Like right. in boot camp, I'm getting these jokes. The only thing people know about public affairs, because it's such a small field, is that Full Metal Jacket Joker was in public affairs. That's the only thing people know, Right. Right, that's that's it, and, and and you know why didn't you want to be a grunt? So that's all I know. Yeah, so I get, I'm in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. We have dang Australian soldiers on board, and like we're about to get on a helicopter and whatnot. And I've heard this like a million times, a million times. But this Australian soldier asked me, he's like, he says, you should do a story on me. <laughs> On the helicopter. You know where this is going. Yeah. You know where this is going, right? 
And, like, I would never bite on this, ever, because I've heard it a million times. But for some reason, I ask him, oh, interesting, like, why? You know what he says? <laughs> What's he say? Because <laughs> I'm so effing good. Like, it's a line right out of the movie. I, I got trolled before trolling was cool. Oh, my God. But but the thing is, you know, I I would read the base paper, and I was stationed out in Yuma, Arizona, and they had the Cactus Comet. There's the base oh, paper. I worked for the Cactus Comet, yeah. And, and, and I'm like, oh, my God, these poor schlubs having the right for the Cactus Comet. You know, you know, Colonel so-and-so, you know, is, is doing this, or VMF-211 is going on a Westpac for six months. And uh, It's even worse than that. My first story for the Cactus Comet when I was right out of MOS school in PCS to Yuma was about activity-based cost management. That's, that's a nail-biter, right? Wow, I can't wait to, to pull that one up on the microfish. I know, right? The, the first story I ever wrote in the fleet was about activity-based cost management. <laughs> well, you served your country For well, John. What can comics. I say? I mean, you, you, somebody had to do it. <laughs> but it, 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 <laughs> no, was, it was a very, it was a very important story that people needed to know it. You know. So yeah. you guys would come out to P one eleven, which was off uh, MCAS Yuma. And there's, Can I just say that I've never heard anyone say P111 for like 18 years? It, it's, a, it's a place the Marine Corps would rather forget. They don't like being reminded. I found out. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, and you're still blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but we'd be out there, and it's 100 degrees at 10 o'clock in the morning, and, and, and we're, we're having the PM, and we're in the sand, the dirt, and there comes... The 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 colonel with uh, the the lieutenant and there's the, the 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 photographer and the reporter, and their camis are perfectly green. Their boots are spit shine, and they're gonna come and you know see what we do for a couple of hours. And uh, my name is you know PFC Brown. I'm gonna take a, your, your picture. And I'm like really, really. I, I've been sweating my ass off since seven o'clock this morning. You really want to do this? Oh yes. How do you feel you're, about... You're going to parachute in, take my picture, and then leave. Yep, and then right. they got back right. in their air-conditioned car and went back to the main main side and, and, and you know, we were in the air-conditioned office. I'm like, that must be skate duty. So, was it skate... Yeah, you know what? I don't mean to cut you off. Please continue, but no, then I'm going to brag about my MLS. There was, so, I'm like, it's... What happened? It just just cut off. I, I don't know. I didn't touch anything, so I'm thinking, well, just the call dropped or whatever. No, no, no worries. No big deal. Are no we good? Be... Where were we? Can we... Uh, gonna, uh, uh, so, together, so, right? so I'm, I'm going to say, so you got, I'm, was, as I was saying, you guys had the skate job going in the car with the, uh, you know, air conditioned, air conditioned office, and you're going to brag about your MOS. So exactly. brag about your MOS there, John. Right yeah. Brag about your MOS and how hard it was. I'm going to brag about my MOS because you're right. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. That's exactly what they did. <laughs> it, it, and it's amazing. Listen, 
Like, the public affairs MOS is the best MOS in the military. And you can be upset about it if you want. That's cool. You know? Hate, hate, hate. But it's the coolest MOS everywhere. You get to experience everything that the military has to offer for a day and then go back to your office and write about it. Right? So, it's amazing. It's like the best kept secret in the military. Our, and, and, but, but you know, I actually met a public affairs officer, not officer, he was a sergeant, probably before you got to Yuma, and, you know, he, same thing, he, he, his camis were greener, which means they were very, very clean, they didn't have any, you know. Yeah, and do, yeah. And, and he was slick, you know, he had the, not the buzz cut, he had a cut that could, you know, he could, he could put a suit on and blend in is what I'm trying to say. And okay. this guy was slick. He came up there, and I'm like, I've never been on TV before, and blah blah blah. Well, Lance Corporal, let me talk to you. Let me let me let me let me let me let me make you comfortable. And he 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 got me. You know, okay, I'll 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 do what you want me to do, Sergeant. I'm like that that freaking bastard played me perfectly. <laughs> did, did, did you feel? Yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't feel used, but I realized like, wow, he really knew how to calm somebody down and get the story out of them. I'm like, that's, that's pretty good. So, so well, that's actually, that's a talent too, you know, and like, look, like I'm, I love my MOS, you know, I love the public affairs field. I think it's the best field in the military, but it's, it's skate in that regard where you can show up to some unit in the field. You can hang out with them for, you know, a couple hours, you can talk to them and then you get back in the car and you roll back. Like, I get that. I get that. But there's there's talent involved because it's not like the guys in the field are going to immediately accept you and open up to you because you parachuted in. So you got to be good. Well, speaking of good, uh, what what is the best part of, of your job? Is it being able to see things from the military, see the behind the scenes stuff that you know I wouldn't see because I'm in my little, you know, uh, you know, two acre plot of land, working on my radars, you get to go everywhere and talk to everybody and have those experiences. As much as, much as I love the public affairs job field, I mean, I'm probably not the best one to ask right now because I've been so removed for it, from it for so long. You know, I remember my experience. I, I can't, I can't tell you that's still the same. I mean, I could be nostalgic about it, but I can't tell you the same experience as public affairs practitioners who are out there in the field parachuting in and trying to get their stories today. So, so the, the thing that's kind of funny you mentioned that is, so you, so you start off doing public affairs in the military. Did you have any desire to do that when you went in, or was it just a boat space that was open and you got to fill it? Oh, in? no, no, no. I picked it out of the pamphlet. I picked, I picked that and only that. And... Um, we had to pull some haranguing I guess to make so. it happen. Yeah. Between myself and my recruiter, we had to pull some haranguing to make it happen. So it's not a, it's not a huge field. I told my recruiter, I pointed to it and I said, this and only this. Are we doing this or not? And um, he said, well, we don't actually have a boat space for that MOS. But he did some haranguing, got like, like a waiver made an extra school seat when I went to the late entry program or uh, MEPS. Remember MEPS? Yeah. When I went to MEPS, 
um, they were like, yo, okay, you're going in right now. You're getting on the bus, uh, open contract. And I said, no, I am not. I'm public affairs. And unless I see that in writing, I'm not going anywhere. Okay. And, um, yeah, for real. They put me, but they put me up in the hotel an extra night. And then by the next day it was secured. Yeah, people... And that was my recruiter's plan the whole time, you know, but it was tough to get into public affairs. Oh, but, sure. you know, I'm sure. I'm sure. So, so you do public affairs during your Marine Corps career. Did you have any unique experiences that, 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 you know, stick out to you, um, during your time in the Marine Corps? I'm not going to answer that question, Travis. All right. I'll just because go. the answer is yes. But uh, if I were to start rattling off experiences that stick out to me, it might not be a family podcast. Well, for, well, then the only thing I can tell you is you'll have to come back on because I do uh, NSFW podcast where I tell people like, look, if you're if you have tender ears, do you really? Yes. So here's what we'll do: we'll we'll, we'll keep it family oriented for this podcast because our first time doing this. But uh, maybe you'll come back on and we'll do an NSFW one. I did one for, uh, he's a Marine rapper named Fitzy Mess. And uh, we got kind of salty on that one and he loved it. So, fine. Fair a enough. A Marine rapper? Yeah. Yep, I will say. What, I... what do you know about the Marine rapper, my man? Uh... All right, well, I'll talk to you later. I know a guy from the Marines who's a rapper now. It was awesome the whole time. Awesome, awesome. Now this this guy's out of New York. Uh, had him on my podcast. Uh, went over really great. Gonna have him back on. But we'll we'll have you back on, and and like him, we'll do a not suitable for a work kind of podcast. And and just I, I have a disclaimer: if you if you if you're if you feel like you know you don't like listening to salty talk from Marines, tune out right now, and that's usually it. But um, so. You had that experience, though, where you're a public affairs officer, and then you got out and went into public affairs. Maybe you talk to me about that, because for a lot of people... Well, yes, for the knowing aftertaste, Travis. I was never a commissioned officer. I I made well, yeah. E5 in the Marines. Okay. okay. Well, no, when I say officer, well, 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 okay. So when I say public affairs, I'm a lot of places I know call them officers so, or directors. Sure, well, I played that role. I fulfilled that role. Um you know, at numerous times, I, I was the only public affairs Marine in the first Marine division during the invasion of Iraq. And I played the role of public affairs officer, but there might be somebody out there who just like, doesn't appreciate the fact, like me saying All that, right. you know? So, so, so for, from our listeners, what John's trying to clarify here is he was in the Marine Corps as an enlisted Marine. He was not an, an officer, Lieutenant, Captain, Major, he he was an E one through E five, and like I said, you know, I'm, I'm think public affairs. I think public affairs officers in the corporate sense. So he's trying to be very correct, and I appreciate that. So you, you get out of the Marine Corps. Since then, I have been absolutely a public affairs officer. Since, like, but in a civilian capacity, I've been in a role that is directly analogous to that of a public affairs officer ever since. Well, after getting out, so that how, makes sense. So, so how was going from the Marine Corps into those civilian roles? What was that like after you had done it in the military setting? Yeah, you know, it wasn't that. 
it wasn't that difficult, um, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I had a lot of opportunities available to me. So the job field for public affairs is very, very small. And if you have a good name and a good reputation and you've done good work, I mean, people pay it forward. So my experience was that a lot of opportunities were afforded to me by people who came before me in the same job field who uh, paid those opportunities for me, uh, forward to me. So there's like, you know, a small percentage of people in, in a very small job field who pursue the same kind of professional avenue after they get out. And those who do, you know, comprise a, a very small, you know, kind of a community of people. And um, I benefited from that, you know, because I had a good name. Now, one thing I understand about public affairs, it, it really, you have to work to get your reputation built up, but this is very much your integrity and character really drives how stuff you're going to be. Let me, let me say that again. Your, your integrity, your character will drive a lot of your success, is my understanding. Well, I mean, it's one of the things like where who you know opens the next door and then what you know gets you to who you know to open the next one. Okay. Does that make any sense? Perfect sense. So, you know, but there's levels to it. And, um, you know, coming out of the Marine Corps at 23 years old, I didn't know nearly as much as I thought I did. I had... You know, people in the Marine Corps telling me, you know, I'm, I'm good at my job, and 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 that was great. But um, I didn't have a sense of what I still had to learn. And, um, you know, getting into the civilian world and getting around really serious civilian journalists and learning from them what I could it was very humbling because uh, – you know, I, I was good at my job in the Marine Corps and did not have an appropriate appreciation for the extent to which I needed to step that job up to be good in the civilian world. There, There is a learning curve there between the military experience and certain civilian fields, and this is one of them you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. So I learned a lot from people in the military, and I learned so much uh, – so much more after I got out. You know, it's kind of kind of shocking, and um, it was great. It's it's been great. So I got to give everyone credit for that. You know, for helping me out along the way. But um, so I actually don't know where I was going with this, Travis. Well, where well, 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 this, well, 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 where I want to go with this is you, you've you've done this now for a while. How did you? get on with uh, AMVETS because, you know, as we talked about before, look, I, I saw AMVETS at uh, Patriot Guard Rider events and other events through uh, like, like uh, parades. They'd have the AMVETS riders, and it's always been my understanding that they're kind of like the place if you want to be involved with veterans in the military but didn't serve or if you're a veteran but didn't serve in combat, it's a place for you, whereas like the American and Legion and VFW are, are really particular about who they let into their club. Many of our members are also members of these other veteran service organizations. 
But AMVETS is unique in that it is open to all members of all branches who served at all times, including the Guard and Reserve. You know, it is it's a, a fraternal organization. It's a great organization for people who doesn't, like, we don't, it's open to everybody. You didn't have to serve overseas. You didn't have to serve during wartime. You had to serve, and you had to serve honorably, and that's it, including the Guard and Reserve. That makes AMVETS unique. We're the most inclusive veteran service organization in the country. Yeah, with a lot of members. I didn't realize AMVETS had that many members until I talked to uh, Post 61 out there in uh, Louisville, just how many members and, and, and chapters there were. And it's like a quarter million people, and it's all over the country. And it's it's I've seen it as I've gotten to know your, your your members of the organization where literally they'll make a couple phone calls and they can mobilize an entire section of the state to address a need if need be. There's there's it's not unlimited resources, but it's it's the response time is very very different from other orgs and certainly better than some big nonprofits out there. But it seems like I gotta tell you they don't you don't really think about them a whole lot when you think veterans orgs it's 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 got to be a challenge to some effect because there's so much competition out there oh we don't think of it i don't think of it as competition oh you don't the other veteran service organizations do really good work like i said a lot of our members are also members of the vfw or the legion or the disabled american veterans or any of these vsos right and so often, all of us work together um, up on Capitol Hill, for instance, to advocate for the things that are in the best interests of veterans. So it's not an adversarial thing at all. It's not a competition thing at all. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, I guess, I guess maybe, you know, you talk to some of these guys. I'll, I'll tell you where I'm coming from. Uh, I talked to a VFW uh, commandant or post commander who is concerned. He, is, he realizes that a lot of the Korean War vets are passing on his era. The Vietnam veterans are next, and he's really concerned because membership has steadily dwindled. I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but he sees it as a very real problem that he is trying to address. And... Mm -hmm. You know, members equal money, equal outreach to the community, equal, you know, you know, standing. And then, you know, he did talk about how, you know, people do not understand. He said how many members AMVETS has, and it, it, it's they're they're huge. Uh, he saw them as competitions. What I'm trying to say. So it's very. Well, I think people who know know Travis. Okay. I think you're right. If you were to ask the average person, they might not know like how robust AMVETS is. We have a lower profile than organizations like the Legion or the VFW. We certainly have a much lower cash flow than, uh, than organizations like the Legion or the VFW. But um, people nevertheless still might not realize how robust we are. You know, that's probably true. Well, that's the thing. I just, I just want to make that clear is as I've learned more, it's been really uh, 
a pleasure actually to to figure out like wow the, the, these they're everywhere and they're involved in the community and if you have a, if you just want to hang out and have a, a barbecue with fellow vets of all different stripes brass you can if you're not a vet and you want to help out you can and it's it's been really refreshing to see when you know you have like the wounded warriors and other orgs you know taking um, things to the next level not in a good way sometimes so um, that kind of sticks out to me what would you say the primary oh. mission of the amvets is though how would you describe it to serve veterans point blank easy question to serve veterans that's what we do that's what we do so we have a fraternal side to our organization with posts and chapters all over the country the same as you would expect from any veteran service organization but they're all united in the goal to serve veterans and we do this through several different programs well, one thing one thing so, that um, Tracy touched on is the legislative advocacy that um, AMVETS does, along with other other orgs. Um, again, you don't hear about a whole lot, but you guys are on Capitol Hill in state house. Oh, we're super proud of that! Oh, every day, we are super proud of it. I don't, I don't know that we need to like claim a victory lap for all our victories but serving veterans on capitol hill as their voice for their interest is something we're supposed to be doing anyway and that's exactly what amvet's doing so i i give you an example okay it was oh uh, earlier last year that there was a proposal to eliminate un, um unemployability compensation so People who were rated at nine, like 70 to 90 percent disabled, but were being compensated at the 100 percent disability rate through the VA because the particulars of this, their disability rendered them unable to work. That's a thing. And there was a time last year at which the VA was going to just stop that. And the AMVETS went to work on that hard on Capitol Hill. And we prevented all these people, all these veterans, from having their benefits cut. Well, you know, we didn't take a victory lap on it or anything. And you know what? You know, people might not even notice that the AMVETS were so instrumental in making sure that the veterans interests were protected they might not even notice but that's what we're supposed to be doing you know that's what we're doing that's what we're supposed to be doing well well i i, 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 under, I understand that and i think it's absolutely important because i run into situations where if no one is advocating for us and, and i tell people this if you if you want to make change start local but it, with with no one advocating for you a lot of the things that we enjoy as veterans I shouldn't say enjoy it's not the right word but you know what I'm saying we wouldn't have uh, they would simply be removed from funding and that would be it so I, I think there's a whole component of, of 
legislative advocacy, if I can use that term. No, and, it's ab- that's the right term. Yeah. But but and it must be a challenge, yeah, because for you, you see it as, hey, I'm 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 with this organization. It's what we do. It's we're doing our job. We're executing our function. No big deal. I look at it as without people like these organizations out there, including yours and vets, um, there might not be uh, equestrian therapy available for somebody suffering from PTSD. Yeah. I'm with you, yes, with a no-e aftertaste, Travis. You're 100% right, except I'm only going to split hairs with you on, like, no, it is a big deal. Well, what AMVETS does is a big deal. And the only hair I'm going to split with you is that but that's what we should be doing. That's what people can count on us to do. That's what we've always been doing. Abnett's is 75 years old. This is this is us. This is what we do. And, you know, it is a big deal. But, but then again, like, you can count on us for it. You know, we don't have to take a victory lap to fight for veterans. So, yeah. Well, well, well. Okay, so I'm, uh, my, 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 I'm not trying to like debate you or anything, but here, here's where my disconnect's coming from, and, and just hear me out here. One of the reasons sure. I started this podcast is there, there's a lot of people who have the same attitude as you have with their organization, regardless of what it is. It could be the, uh, a lady in Georgia that I know who knits blankets, or a CEO of a, of a nonprofit for military kids. And they all kind of have the same kind of attitude you have. But I'm like, if if people don't know about it, if people don't appreciate that this stuff is happening, and if it's not on their mind, then then what happens when they go to vote or or they have a politician to choose from who who didn't support veterans, didn't didn't cast that yes vote because they didn't know about the work being done. You know what happens then if if, if the story is not being told. So no, you make a good point. So and I and I and I get what you're saying because there's stuff that 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 you know people do that I've witnessed that I've been a part of. I don't want any credit for it, but I'm like there has to be a balance there of being able to talk about it in, in a way that's not like hey or, or you know we're on or we're on Twitter every five seconds, but. Something good happens. I, I wish you know there there was a way. Not just your organization, because there's certainly a lot of good AMBETS does. But there's some things that we get victories that people don't understand. I mean, people are more concerned about their fantasy football or FanDuel lineup than you know the 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 defense budget for the year. So I'm just using that as an example, and, and that, that's kind of where I'm coming from by trying to you know shine some light on this. You're smart, man. You nailed it. You nailed it. I mean, I feel like you got your finger on the pulse. So, speaking of the pulse, um, let me let me let me just set this up before we we move on to this. Is I, I interview? I met Tracy through uh, a Marine buddy of mine who I went to Hawk School with. We we he's a reservist. We went to the same Hawk School together and he's like hey you want to talk to this this woman Tracy in the Kentucky area about MBETS right and we talk about her her experience she had her um, post commander on it was a very great very good conversation and that really got MBETS in the back of my mind you know when I see the MBETS writers out there I go and introduce myself so on and so forth and then this week 
on my military Facebook feed, I see this this press release slash article, and it's blowing up all over every veterans group in Facebook about what you guys have have done with the NFL. And so I really want to talk about this because I want some background, but you guys did a very, like, in my view, ballsy thing by picking on an organization that wields power like no other private organization on the planet right now. So I'm talking about the NFL. I'm talking about their decision not to put your ad that says stand up for veterans in the flag in the NFL program for the Super Bowl and how that all happened and what do you think about all that because you you were kind of involved in all that very closely. Yeah, I was very involved in that very closely. So Should we so I'm just going to say how how did that how did who how did that get started that you know what I'm 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 going to I'm going to make this ad. And did, was it just for the NFL or were you going to try to branch out to other organizations? What was your mind process behind that? No, that actually we didn't do that at all. Uh, we we didn't do that at all. We were approached. We were asked. We were asked to place this ad. You were asked. Uh, we, to, wait a minute, wait a minute. You were asked to place the ad. Yes. Okay. Yes, we were asked to place this ad. We had never done any ad work with the NFL before. They had never approached us. None of that stuff. So it was um, it was it was a surprise opportunity that presented itself at the end of the business day on Friday before uh, MLK Day weekend. So literally they, a week ago. They called us. Yeah, a week ago. They called us at about three thirty, three forty-five on Friday before the long weekend, and they told us we have this ad space available. Somebody backed out, and now it's an empty page. We would like you to um, to advertise with us to fill this page. We're going to give you a reduced rate. Because it's a uh, it's 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 a big deal. It's an emergency. Like it's it's a thing, and you're a nonprofit. Now, when, when you say that, are you talking about the NFL's PR people contacted Ambets? Not you? their PR people. The NFL kind of contracts out okay. to like an intermediary so their subcontractor. that does their ad placement. So their subcontractor contacted you guys about this opportunity. Yeah, at the end of the day on Friday before a long weekend, and they're like, "Here's the deal." This page is available. Can you do it? Can you fill this page? And um, if you do, it comes with placement in the NHL All-Star Game program ad and the NBA All-Star Game program ad. But we need to know now, and we need your ad immediately. So I, I gotta say, John, th this is probably one of those opportunities. You're sitting there thinking, okay, this is this is this is literally the king daddy of them all. I mean, oh was, my god! What, what was going we, through your mind? Well, we had never. What was going through? They contacted the commander directly. This didn't come into my office in communication. So the commander came into me and said, "I got this guy on hold. You got to come into my office and talk to him." This is a tremendous opportunity that has never been offered to our organization to talk to this guy. And um, 
the ad space itself, the full page in the um, NFL, uh, the uh, Super Bowl program, it's worth $120,000, according <laughs> to their media kit. I know, right? Now, they offered it to us for much less than that. Much less than that. I don't want to say the actual number, and I don't want to confirm the number that's been reported in the press, but I'll say it was a significantly discounted rate. And that even as a significantly discounted rate for an organization like ours with not a lot of cash flow, all our money goes to like finding veterans jobs, putting them in homes if they're homeless, and helping them navigate the VA bureaucracy, right? The, still, the amount of money, it felt like passing a kidney stone. So this, this is a big risk. You're, you're, you're going to make this ad, you're going to put it out there, and this, this could really, for your career, for AMVETS, for veterans, put you guys in a real public uh, perspective. That's what we were thinking. Absolutely, no one's ever offered us an opportunity like this. So, 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 so we, you so, know, so you get this, and, and then how did you game plan to create the ad that you guys submitted? Well, look, the first decision was whether or not this was even feasible. Okay, like I said, we're not a cash-rich organization. All our money goes into helping veterans. It's not like we have a bunch of money like this on the sidelines. So the first question was, is this even, I mean, this is a tremendous opportunity we've never been offered. Is it even feasible? And then uh, once we were like, "Mm, I think we can make this happen. Let's make this happen. Then we were suddenly up, uh, up against the creative deadline. Because, I mean, the offer was, if we're going to do this, we got to do this yesterday. So you're, you're, the national commander comes to your office and says, okay, we gotta do, we're going to do this. We're gonna, I'm going to say the decision's now. You guys are going to do this. You're sitting there saying, okay, how are we going to create the ad? What are we going to do? What was going <laughs> we, Oh, my gosh. I wish how were we, we going to create this ad was the first thing on our mind. The first thing on our mind was, how are we going to pay for this? Like, <laughs> right? And uh, when, we, you know, we figured that out, we figured, okay, the squeeze is worth the juice here. We're in. We're going to do it. Okay. We're going to do it. And then it comes to my office, like, we've committed to this. This is a big deal. Um, let's get an ad. Let's do an ad. And that's when it comes to my office. So you have you have approval for the funds. It comes to your office. You start creating your first creative draft to do this. Is it just you doing this at this time, or is it you have a team? No, 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 no. It's it's a team effort. It's me, my team. I've got a graphic artist. I've got the uh, executive director. I've got the uh, national commander. I've got the people in charge of the organization who know that there's no way we're going to spend this amount of money without the ad saying what we, what exactly we wanted to say. Like, are you with me? I'm with you. And, and this is where I think it gets very, very interesting for me. And, and, and at that point in time, John, 
you all had to make a decision about what you're going to put in that ad and stand behind it. So I'm thinking you almost had to know that this was going to be like, if the NFL approved this, this is a major statement. But there was also the chance that it may not be approved. I mean, that was a very big risk you all took, but you guys stood by what you, you, you came up with. I found that very well, again, yes for the no aftertaste. Because at no point in this process did we ever think that we were making a controversial or political statement at all, ever. Okay, all right. We knew that we knew what our values were. We had been offered an opportunity to talk about our values or just put them on a page. We came up with an ad that was specifically tailored to be on our right-facing page in a magazine. And I have That's to tell you, looking at the ad, and I'll have the ad, you know, in a, in a screenshot on the on the on the web post for this episode. I would say that ad reflects the values for AMVETS. It absolutely does. And even in the graphic design, you see how obviously the attention in the ad is driven to the simple hashtag? Yes. Right? Simpler the better. The assumption we went with was in order to be effective here for all the money we're about to spend, we need to be smart about, you know, how we even graphically design this thing, which means it needs to be as simple as possible because our assumption is that in the NFL program, people are thumbing through the ads. Nobody's stopping and reading all of them, right? Right. So the less is more, and it needs the, uh, the message needs to be situated top right because we're on a right-facing page. We don't want to put it near the margin. It needs to be top right. So if you look at the ad, you can literally see our thought process. It's very striking. It's the hashtag right there with, with two words, please stand, uh, which for me is automatic. You have the color guard there with the American flag. And you're right, your eyes track down to the message. There's the AMVETS logo in the corner. There's the QR code that you can scan along with uh, the request to make a donation. I thought... All of that is nice to have, right? So all of that yeah. at the bottom with the QR code and our logo and the information about our organization and what you can do to donate, that's all at the bottom. That's all what we judge to be nice to have information. But the only need to have information that we, that we you know, wanted to catch the eye top right for a right-facing page, hashtag please stand. Those are the two words we mean. And the please is just as, if not more important than the word stand. And I think that gets lost in the controversy. Well, I, I don't I don't find it controversial at all. I, I, and yes, there's been controversy about the wording and the hashtag itself, but you ask your fellow Americans or even, you know, internet, you know, foreigners to please stand in honor of the flag. It's, it's a very key phrase and you're not, you're not demanding anything there. The, and, and, and you know, I, I, I dabble. I'm glad you recognize that, Travis. I'm really glad you recognize that. I've had to talk 
I've have I've had to talk about that to news outlets all week, you know, to clarify that. Well, because it's not a demand. It's not a demand. It's not a judgment. It's not a vilification of people who choose not to stand. It's a recognition that that is a right and that that is a choice. And um, we're still saying, please choose to stand. That's our ad. You know, that's our ad. That that matches our values. We got to stick by that. I even, I even, I even thought the typeface was the, the font, if you will, wasn't intimidating. It wasn't uh, overdone. It, <laughs> Do you want Travis, I'm so glad you said that. Do you have any idea? Like, we'll just get super geeky. But, um, like, how geeky is it when it comes to a decision about typeface? Right? People we're, don't we're understand. Really geek territory, right? No, but people don't understand. Travis, I had, like, a 20-minute conversation with our graphic designer. We put so much effort into decisions like that into typeface so that it wouldn't be like in your, like it wouldn't be directive for offensive or you nailed it, man. I'm glad you noticed. We had, no one has said that to me yet. Well, and, and what I know is that we actually spent a lot of effort. Oh yeah. I'm sure on you... the typeface. I'm sure you did. Uh, I, I, I picked it up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they really, the placement of it, everything, I mean, that wasn't, that was well done. And, and, the, and the thing I, I, I liked about it is you can put this ad in a NASCAR um, program. You can put it in a uh, football, soccer. It's, it, it can go anywhere is what I'm trying to say. Uh, you could even put it. Well, in, it's going to. It's going to anyway. Because what we were actually offered, Travis, was here's the deal. You agree to put this in the NFL program, and it also comes with placement in the NHL All-Star Game program, and it also comes with placement in the NBA All-Star Game program. And um, we clicked send on that, my friend, and it's done. All right? It's done. We're locked in. So I see. I when, see the NFL, oh. when the NFL rejected our ad, we still spent that money, Travis. <laughs> so the, the NFL, NFL rejects our ad, but, Yeah, the NFL rejected it, but we still spent that money, my friend. But but it's it's not all 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 way. I mean, which must have been. I mean, I, what was that like? Because as you said, and and I. I, I've worked with some nonprofits, so I understand that every penny counts. Every dime is important. Every penny counts, man. Every penny, every penny counts. What was that Absolutely. like when 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 they got back with you and said, "Hey, the NFL has just said no to this"? Have you seen our commander's letter? Oh, I, I, I did, and I'm like, <laughs> and it's one of those times where I'm like, okay, this this is why I like the military guys. This is why I like military people and my brothers and sisters. He, he didn't care who Roger Goodell was and told it to him like it was in a very authoritative, emphatic way. I, I loved it. <laughs> the commander was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> like, seriously. Because, look, our message, uh, you know what? Our message, I just told you how much effort we put into the typeface. 
Right. You think the message is an accident? Right. The message, the message is not an accident. We mean the word please. We mean it. And just as much, if not more, as we mean the word stand. Right. We recognize that it's an individual choice. We recognize that. We recognize the validity of the reasons people have to kneel, and we respect all of it. It's all a celebration of American values. It's all good. And yet we're still asking people to stand. In spite of that, this is where we are. We, we recognize it, and we're asking to stand. That's why the, the pleas is so important, you know? Absolutely. And so we just wanted the ad to run, Travis. So and it would and it would have run. It would have run quietly. It would have run quietly the same way it's gonna run in the NHL All Star Game program. The same way it's gonna run in the NBA All Star Game program. We just wanted it to run. It's 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 really striking that. the other leagues haven't had to deal with this like the NFL has. They've either shut it down right away or um, their own players have said, hey, we're going to stand regardless, so it's not even a non-issue. And it it gives me hope because, to me, it's always a a good time to see the National Anthem played. just a little quick plug. I've sung the national anthem a couple times. It's a, it's a difficult song to sing, much less pull off well. But it's 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 a great story behind it. Now, some people don't like the origins of it, but it's still our anthem. And and when you look at other countries that that couldn't sing their national anthem because they were taken over or occupied, man, it's a it's a, it's an honor to be a part of this country and and. I just didn't understand the controversy, and so the controversy is happening. It's erupting. All my feeds blow up. People are like, "Oh my God, you see what happened on Ambats?" And reached out to Tracy. I haven't heard from her yet, but you know, I probably will by the time this airs. But I'm like, "This is crazy, man!" Because I'm looking at the ad. I'm like, "Where's the controversy here?" Where's the controversy? And you know what? Here, here's the thing, Travis. That like, that like really gets me going is. We never thought of this as a political ad. The NFL uh, rejected it because they said it was too political. Um, nah, it's not. It's a polite request to choose to stand. That's not political. That's, I mean, well, it's not. That's not political. It's not controversial even. It's a reasonable. It's a reasonable message amidst the controversy. I think the whole dialogue needs a reasonable message amidst the controversy. The controversy. But also, I mean, it, I looked at it too as, as, you know, putting my, my little hat on saying, okay, how about please stand with us? Please stand with AMBETS by supporting us. Maybe you don't know who we are. Yeah. But, but that I'm was like, actually the NFL suggested language. Can I geek out for a little bit? Sure, absolutely. I, I love it. So the NFL, like, immediately they were like, nope, no way. We have a problem with the words. And we were like, um, okay, uh, what problem with the words, right? The NFL suggested to us its own language, and it was like you just said, 
please stand with our veterans. Please stand for our veterans. Now, a lot of people have said that's a totally reasonable accommodation, and that's why didn't you just take the NFL's language. Can, can you see the argument on that? I, I can. It was, you know, I, we talked about it several times with, with buddies of mine. Um, there's, I forget, who, what's the other veterans organization that, that got their uh, ad in the NFL program? Uh, um, what, the Legion, I yeah. think. I think the it was, Legion, right. The Legion took our spot. They used the NFL's language. But but I looked at it as a as a principal thing. I mean, now I'm dabbling into public affairs, and we'll get into that in a different conversation. But the one thing I'm learning real quickly that's expected is you can't really sacrifice or compromise your message. You can't let somebody like the NFL come in and tell you what to put down. That kind of invalidates your whole point to be there from from. From your perspective, as as a as, as a public affairs, public relations, media relations, you can't allow it to happen. Sure. Plus, who you guys are, you, and, and, and and to me, the bigger story here is you know you guys look Roger Goodell by by a couple of rows removed, if you will, but you looked their organization right in the face and said, no, we're not we're not going to sit there and bend over and take this. We're not going to accept your word in our our ad. We're not going to take your message. This is our message, and, and I think a lot of people responded well to that. Well, to be honest, it's not that indignant. It's really not that indignant. It, it's uh, it's that's not our message. Let me explain it to you like this. Okay. It seems like a small change. You add a few words. The words you like are still there. There's just more words there as well. Not a big deal. Seems like a reasonable accommodation, but it's not. You're gonna pay that much money to get your word across. Like you, it's your message. And here's the difference: when the NFL suggests that you say, "Please stand with our veterans." That is going to be interpreted uh, figuratively. Please stand with our veterans means just generally support them. We're not putting out an ad to ask you to do something you should do anyway and you probably already are. Please stand with our veterans is figurative. It means generally support them. That's not what we mean. We mean please literally Stand. And so the NFL suggested language changes our message from literal to figurative. Right, right. That's not what we mean. That's not that's not our message. We mean please literally stand. And the reason why the NFL like suggested that language is precisely because it changes our message from literal to figurative. They were okay with that. I mean, clearly the the NFL was okay with people taking our message figuratively, but they had a problem with people taking our message literally. But the the, the thing that, that I can't reconcile is, and, and I agree with what you're saying, is taking a knee, however, is not a figurative message at all. It's a very literal uh, 
one that with no abstractions, not like you did it in a vacuum or you, you talked about it. It's a very literal thing. So my problem is why is that okay for the NFL to accept and not two words in a hashtag? And I think we're, we're See, your your lips to God's ears. That's the question, Travis. So this happens. I mean, and, and your 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 feeds start blowing up, AMVETS visits start blowing up. Uh, at least on my end, people were asking about it. Uh, have you guys gotten a lot more interest? Or, or I'm sorry, you've get, you've been talking to people all over the place. What's that been like? It's been very, very busy. It's been very, very busy. And it's made more busy because we weren't ready for it. You know, like, um, it, totally unexpected. We, we, we wanted to add to just run. So we worked over the weekend to prepare an ad that would just run. So, um, you know, the hullabaloo that has been, you know, been going down ever since then has been, um, It's been di- it's been difficult, but also kind of great, kind of great. You know. Well, this is this is a once so, in a lifetime kind of experience. I mean, AMVETS told the NFL that they weren't going to accept less than what they thought their message was going to be. Yeah, the NFL asked us to run an ad. They didn't like our words, and then they asked us to pay for the privilege of running their words instead. And the AMVET said, no, that's not our message. This is our message. Take it or leave it. And the NFL essentially said, eh, whatever, we're leaving it. But a lot, a lot of orgs, uh, you know this, John, a lot of orgs would have said, sure, we'll accept your changes and run the ad and, and pat themselves on the back at the end of the day. You know, hey, Travis, I'm going to be real with you. We considered it. <laughs> we considered it. We talked about it. Well, you it have to. over the week. You, you, you absolutely course. have to, though. You know, of course. That the, the opportunity was presented to us to run an ad in, in the Super Bowl program. We left at that opportunity. Yeah. When the NFL said, no, we don't like your words, consider ours, um, we were confronted with the position of, you know, that opportunity is no longer available or or put your brand behind the words the NFL likes better. That's a tough that's a tough conversation to have. You know, we still want to reach people. We still like the opportunity for the same reason we liked it to begin with, but now we're in a position to be like, well, stand behind your values or you know, suit them to the NFL's discretion. And in the end, the Amvets had to be like, mm, no, these are our values. Take them or leave them. What has this done for your perspective on public relations? This Again, and the reason I ask that again, I'm kind of asking a different way, is this is a once-in-a-lifetime event, John. I mean, you're probably realistically, maybe lightning strikes twice, I don't know, but it's highly unlikely based on how stuff works that this ever happens again. 
and how do you feel about that or and are you happy at the end of the day with the decision that you all made yeah absolutely the decision that we made is in keeping with our values asking us to change those words is like asking us to change our values i'm super proud of my entire organization for knowing who it is and sticking to who it is. And I think no, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, 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 I that's, mean, as a professional spokesman, as a public affairs, like officer, I could, who could ever ask to work for a better organization than one that is able to do that? I can't think of anything. I mean, that's that to me is is, is like top shelf kind of work and, and top shelf kind of, of organization because again, a lot of them wouldn't. A lot of them be like, "Well, the NFL came calling. Of course, we changed it. Who cares?" We, but uh, you guys did not. Um, what's what's next? Because one of the things controversial wise, people who really took a the, the opposite view of, of what you all did said that you now will have, have made it difficult for people like the NFL to work with veterans groups. Uh, does, is, who said that? Well, it's one, it, I, I read it. I read it on like a Reddit board um, talking about this. I'll have to pull up <laughs> I don't, some. Probably not. Cause um, look, I'm not the NFL. I'm not the spokesman for the NFL. I don't know what's in their head. All I know is they put out a statement that described this sequence of events that we didn't experience. I know that that they've been, you know, I know that they've been subject to some kind of, you know, probably a backlash for people who does, didn't agree with their decision. You know, I've seen that in the information space. I can't speak to the NFL, but I also know that in their um, initial release in response to this whole hullabaloo, they were really proud of themselves for securing the American Legion to fill that space. And that suggests that they're still working with veterans groups. I I don't know. My my view is whether they want to admit it or not, uh, I think the slide has begun for them. And not that I'm going to talk about it here, about the NFL. It's not about the NFL, but I, I think this is one of those things for certain groups of people just makes it easier to keep the TV off. I, you know what? I mean, hmm. I'm going to be totally candid with you. I don't know how they got creative from the American Legion, like after the deadline like that, and we're comfortable like putting it out, you know, when they did with their statement, I, I feel like I feel like that was probably damage control. I feel like the idea that they came out today with the idea that look, we're gonna have you know a dozen or more Medal of Honor recipients do the coin toss. I, I feel like that's probably damage control of too. The, the the cynic in yeah. me who's who yeah that's, yeah of course absolutely. You know I mean I'm all for. Medal of Honor recipients getting free tickets to the Super Bowl. That makes me very happy. I'm really glad the NFL did that. You know, but they might have done it, even if they did do it disingenuously, which I kind of suspect they did. 
it makes me really happy that a bunch of Medal of Honor recipients are going to be on the field. Like, that's amazing. So, that's great. And, and that that is, that's kind of my my quandary sometimes. I'm like, okay, you know, I, I, you can make a mistake as a person, as, a, as an organization, as a company, and you can correct it. Uh, how you correct it is very important. Yeah. My, my just concern is that organization does not do anything that's altruistic. It, it, it benefits the organization. So I think you're right. This is just my perception. Yeah, yeah. That's, this is just my perception. I really think that, I mean, they screwed up, in my opinion. And I think that, you know, I... From what I've gauged since, I think they're trying to wrap themselves in whatever public uh, air of veterans advocacy they can to try to fix it. This is just my opinion. But so, so th- this has happened. This is, in a sense, over, but not over. What's what's next? Because I saw the ad hit the Facebook feeds and other websites where people forwarded the, um, the, the letter from your national commander with the link to donate in it. Um, what is next for Ambes? Is it, is it business as usual? Back no, to- we got to like, look, business as usual would not be a bad thing because for Ambes, business as usual is finding veterans jobs, putting them in houses, helping them navigate the VA bureaucracy and advocating fiercely on Capitol Hill for their behalf. That's business as usual for AMBET. Okay. But, but the truth is, I don't know, we got to have a meeting and talk about this. Like we didn't see any of this come. When we started this week, Travis, we just wanted the ad to run. That's it. We just wanted the ad to run. And this entire week has been consumed by the unfortunate, um, by the unfortunate occurrence of the L- that the NFL said no. That's what we've been doing this week. Like, you know, we is, gotta is, have a meeting. We gotta talk about maybe you know where we go from here. But yeah, I, I don't know. Is there any consolation that the fact that this ad will run for the NBA and NHL? And that well, of course. Okay, all right. Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, we always knew the ad wasn't controversial. You know, and we're... The, re- well, the reason I ask that is, is is the numbers do not lie, is for the first time in a very long time, both those sporting organizations are seeing upticks in viewership, upticks in ticket sales, upticks and interest in terms of selling apparel and stuff like that. And it's, it's not well, been for this year. It's been for like the last two and a half years now. So I, I'll tell you what, anecdotally, look, Ambet's national headquarters, we're not promoting a boycott. We're not calling for that. Oh, you never you did. Know, you, any, you, you never did. We, no, that's no, we're not doing that. That's, that's kind of crazy, but anecdotal evidence, is that it's already happening, you know? And um, some of our posts 
locally have chosen not to show NFL games. That's their choice locally. Um, I've heard from a lot of people since this that, hey, my local sports bar has a sign on the door that says we're not showing any NFL games. You know, there's anecdotal evidence from all over the country that people are like, I'm not even messing with the NFL. My mom is into the NBA now. I never knew that. I didn't know my mom was in the NBA. What's her What's her team? The Golden State Warriors, of okay. course. I'm a Californian. All right. Well, then you could be a Kings fan for all I know. I don't know. Yeah, she could be. You're You're right. But um, Golden State, it is. But my mom, my mom, as far as I know, has only adopted basketball in the last like two or three years. So, um, you know, she's straight on board with the Warriors. You know, because they've been winning. They're good. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, so I, I just thought this was, was very, very interesting, not just from all the, the jaw back and forth and all the social media feeds, but I'm like, there's a lot that went on in that room between the time the phone call hit and when the ad went out that I want to find out about. And then as a bonus, you know, you're a veteran and as a, as a, as a cherry on top, you're a Marine stationed in Yuma. It's just been <laughs> a, it's just been a pleasure getting to connect with you on, on this level. And yeah, that MOS that you, you did in the Marine Corps it, it is not a widely known or even sought after one by a lot of guys, but you took what you had and you, you made it into this and you know, who knows what life's going to do for you. You know, I'm very blessed, Travis. I, you know, the, I told you before that when it comes to that very small job field, public affairs, and I told you I picked it out of the pamphlet, I pointed my finger at it and said this or nothing. This That might have been the best decision I ever made in my entire life. Hey, man, I mean... Not a lot of people can say that, and the fact that you can, the fact that the Marine Corps is part of it, and you made those memories that we'll talk about later, uh, hopefully, if everything works out all right, you know, um, that's what it's all about. Um, my story is different that I'll tell you about next time, but, uh, you know, you're one of those that uh, you tell your kids about, you know, this guy went in and, and made something of himself. But I would encourage anybody who um, is listening to this and is interested in AMVETS to go to their website, amvets.org to check out the mission, what they have going on. I'll have their ad in um, my blog post proudly with no reservations or qualifications. And you know, understand that it's not controversial just to ask the question or make the statement to please stand. And so, um, John, is there anything else you want to touch on? Yeah, yeah I guess. Uh, okay. Um, sure, I'm, I'm not going to pass a bit. The, I'm not going to pass up the opportunity to, like, anything else you want to add question. That's like... Uh, that's public affairs one-on-one. Exactly, yeah. yeah. See, uh, you, I've been learning you, you never pass up the anything else you'd like to add question, right? Well, so, and, I, and I like to ask it I, for that reason. Sure. Um, look, 
if you're a veteran uh, and you know you served honorably, even in the guard or the national, uh, the the guard or the reserve, and um, and you share our values, you know, consider joining us. Consider joining American Veterans and that. You know, come to our website. Look at look look for a post near you. Consider joining us. You know, if you're if you're not uh, a veteran, but your you know your mother or father was, still consider joining Sons of Ambets. You know, our organization. We're doing good things for veterans. You, know, you take pride in your heritage. And um, if you're neither of those, but you still share our values and you like what we're for, you know, consider donating to us and helping us help veterans. You can do that at ambeds.org. 